You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Hello and uh, welcome to Love Logical, DNA Not Required. We're here at Podcast Detroit. Uh, my name is Delon Kennedy. Um, my mother is uh, not going to be with us today. Um, there was a little bit of an accident. Um, she is fine, though. She's at the hospital with my sister. Um, but everything everything is working itself out. So today, our guest will be Brandon Michael Higgins. We will be doing part two. He is the owner of Giving Joshua a Chance. He's the founder of Giving Joshua a Chance. And we will be talking about, um, we'll be continuing what we talked about from part one. We'll go ahead and uh, do a quick recap. And then we'll be talking about how he created, you know, a legacy for his big brother, Joshua. And going over from there, how are you doing today, Brandon? I'm well. Uh, thank you again so much. Um, my thoughts go out to uh, your sister. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I wish her a speedy recovery. And um, But things have been going really well. Um, how's everything been for you? Oh, everything's been great, man. Um, everything has just kind of fallen into place for me, you know. And I know uh, with Love Logical, we had an event this past weekend, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, just getting to you know, meet some of the people that we met and go through some of the things that we, that we did. I actually met a couple of people and learned a lot about like love logical and how some people like listen to our podcast that we would have never knew listened to us. So it was, it was absolutely wonderful. What about yourself, sir? Um, man, just been extremely busy. So there's actually been a, a lot of stuff that come, uh, upcoming for the nonprofit. And mm-hmm. so I have a few speaking engagements coming up um, in March. Okay. I've been working uh, closely with uh, one of the art museums in Indianapolis. Oh, wow. I'm trying to, you know, talk about a couple of my visions. So, you know, things, things are really opening up. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Um, so with our, uh, with our last podcast, you, we talked about like, you know, how you basically came up with a concept of giving Joshua a chance. And we talked about from you and your brother's lives from birth until Joshua, you know, came, his life came to an end. Um, you, your story, it touched so many people. Like not only did it just touch me, like I was, I was in the studio almost in tears myself because it is such a gripping story. Like it is absolutely wonderful. Like how you could just share that with us. And I very much appreciate it. And I know our guests do too. Our listeners do as well. Um, they, I've, I had such positive feedback from it and you, you have an amazing story, man. You like, you have an amazing story. It was, it was absolutely compelling, you know, like just how, how how you guys went through the foster system and you know like through just the trauma how everything everything played out in life with you guys you know from meeting the teacher who taught you everything that you needed to know uh, and made you love school again you know it, it was absolutely amazing i i love your story i've been telling people to listen to that podcast if you don't ever listen to another one of our podcasts you have to listen to this one and part <laughs> 2 <laughs> you know like it's it's amazing, man. I I very I very much love your story, and I like you you inspire me, you know, just to do better myself, and you know, just from from what what you've been through and how far you've come and how you continue to grow and you know flower even further, you know, even helping the children that you help now through through your job and through your foundation, you know, it's it's amazing, sir. It's very amazing. Thank you so much. That that really means a lot, and that's that's kind of the foundation of uh, resiliency, you know, for yeah. giving Joshua a chance. And so, you know, reflecting back on my story as well as Joshua's story, you know, I'm mm-hmm. telling his story through uh, my perspective. 
And so, you know, looking back on that and just, you know, identifying that I'm not going to be able to fully tell his story, um, which to me is is very unfortunate because um, he, he inspired me to be where I am and to, you know, work hard and to go through college because he didn't have those opportunities. And so now, you know, I, I've surrounded our mission statement to support resiliency within youth transitioning out of foster care by breaking down those barriers that prevent successful transitions as independent adults. And so looking at resiliency as that core foundation of, you know, what makes an individual um, get to a position to where they can make a difference or they can, you know, successfully transition out of foster care. And to me, Josh defines resiliency. You know, I, I look back and I reflect on, you know, hey, if, if I have a dictionary right here, I would just love to put a picture of Joshua's face right next to resiliency. <laughs> yes. I mean, just the stuff he he been through um, and the people he touched and how those has allowed me to touch. I honestly would not be where I am now without without Josh. Yes, yes. I, I can see that 100%, you know, and I... I feel for you because I feel for him because the just when you told us in the story that, you know, he was like basically falsely arrested as a child and he spent just years going through the system that that right there just I, I would say that happens to too many of our little boys, you know, like I agree. It's it's so it, it just hurts, you know, like. To know that, you know, this, this happens probably every day, you know, in the system, you know, some, some little boy just gets basically lied on, you know, like that's, I don't, I don't know a better way to say it. Like he, he lied, he was lied on and he was forced to change his entire mannerisms just based on the situation that he was put in, you know, who would he be exactly. if he was never put in that situation, you know? Right. And that's. A, a big part of, of Josh is, you know, like, and to your point of having to take on that life to survive, yes. right? And so um, a lot of kids, you know, a lot of young African-American boys, um, unfortunately, uh, due to historical trauma, as well as, you know, the current, uh, I guess, policing of, of the communities have yes. left a lot of folks feeling that way towards uh, the police department towards um, the government, towards so many different entities. And this is something that has continued, you know, I mean, literally decades. And so with Josh, uh, you know, he was very artistic. A lot of people um, weren't able to see that side of him. Mm -hmm. You know, Josh wanted to go to France. He loved to learn French. And, you wow. know, these are things that, you know, as I move forward with the nonprofit, I want these things to shine. Hence is why, you know, one of the things I'm doing is talking to the art museum. Uh, I was a part of this thing while I was working on my master's. Um, and so there's, you know, through the Foster Youth Connection, there's a Foster Youth Museum. And this was oh. a traveling museum in which they brought different uh, artifacts of kids who were in foster care. Um, they brought, you know, paintings. Wow. And there's a photographer named Ray. And so taking pictures of individuals in foster care or those who were in foster care and just, you know, it was a traveling museum. And just to be a part of that. Um, yes. So I actually had the opportunity to donate some of Josh's uh, artwork and now it travels with the museum. And so just to have that little piece of Josh, you know, travel uh, with these youth who are in California to me is, is one debt I could pay to Josh. Um, but just kind of working yes. through and just, you know, showing there are a lot of folks, a lot of kids in foster care who are artistic or who are very creative. And yet, you know, due to trauma and due to, other experiences do not have the opportunity to show that or to thrive when they get older. Yes. Yes. I, I can say I've, I've known a few artists in my life who were a part of the foster system. Um, like just sketch artists that you would, you would almost think that they were painting a, or they were sketching a Da Vinci, you know, like they were, they were absolutely amazing. Um, I can, I can say like, I, I learned how to sketch from one of my really good friends, Jeremy, who was put into the foster system when I was, when I was a kid myself. And that's, wow. Like, that's just, that's a, that's an amazing thing. I, I love the fact that, you know, you got his art out there and now other people not only can hear his story on our podcast, but they can also like even see some of his art as it travels around the country and understand that, you know, like, it was, it was real. Like, you know, cause it's, it's, the story is so 
like touching that it's it's like oh man like it's something that everyone should know like they i wish i, I want to see his artwork you know now i want to go and find this museum um can you tell me a little bit more about it where, where are they traveling to next have you heard about that uh so this uh museum i mean again is through the foster youth connections or uh, california youth connections excuse me um so cyc it's really big in california and so youth in california um they're kind of working together and so they travel throughout california uh, I was reading an article, I believe the next one, um, or it may have just recently passed, was mm-hmm. in L.A. And so they traveled through Oakland and, you know, okay. San Diego, all through uh, California. But, you know, we uh, were able to work on this grant. And so I worked with a few individuals in Arkansas, and they were able to, you know, get this grant to bring them there. And so we were in Fayetteville, and just to have the community to come out and the local uh, you know, folks, and then also some of the foster youth to come and, yes. you know, they had the opportunity to make some artwork and to also put towards so they can display for people to come in and see. And I mean, it was just so powerful. I was yes. like, wow, this would be something so awesome to give. Why, why can't we do this for, you know, youth in Indiana or, you know, youth in Michigan? Yeah. Uh, I think this should be something that is, you know, nationwide because I'm mean, just to see the impact it made on just a few nights. Um, yes. Of display, I mean, it's truly like uh, life, lifetime, or like yeah, leaving a lifetime impact. Yeah, art to me, art to me is like music. Music is art. You know, you can you can draw, you can paint, right? You know, you can you can mold clay. Like art to me is not only just spiritual, but it's it'll it, it's so like emotional like you can have so much emotion that people put into this art you know and you can see it like even from famous painters you know van gogh you know you can see that emotion that they put into their art and i would i just think that's an amazing idea to have the children you know like show what they're feeling you know they say that's honestly a a great way for therapy for your children if your children are like misbehaving right. in school you know have them paint a picture on how they feel you know and that picture you know through time that picture will change every day just based on them drawing because when they look back and reflect on all their art they'll see that pain that they felt and they'll say, you know what? I, I don't want to feel that pain anymore. You know? So I think that's right. a, that's a beautiful thing. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's very beautiful. Like I know uh, when I was looking at your website, you know, one thing that popped out to me was the financial literacy. You know, a lot of our youth, they're, they're never taught really about money you know, like we're never taught about stocks and bonds. We're never taught taught about like right. how to pay a bill, you know, and it's like even just like growing up myself, my mom tried to teach me these things. And, you know, sometimes I just didn't listen. And I, I, I look at myself now and I'm like, man, I do everything that she she told me to do when I was a kid. But I'm I'm doing it now as a as a 30 year old right. adult compared to I should have been doing it when I was in my early 20s, when I was a teen, you know, and I think that the financial literacy is an amazing like step to getting them rehabilitated out of the foster system and back into the the world, you know, like, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, very much so. So uh, again, I mean, to your point there, financial literacy is not just a a foster youth thing. This is a a thing that a lot of people don't have access to. Um, Especially those who are, you know, a part of the, like the lower socioeconomic um, platform. And so just to, you know, provide these youth and actually, um, so I'm working closely with uh, the uh, DCS or, you know, Department of Child and Family Services in Arkansas, and we're working Mm -hmm. to um, put forth a a transitional youth summit. And so uh, one thing that we did is create a survey to collect data. I'm very big on data and just having Mm -hmm. like evidence um, so we can do this. And so a a lot of youth, at least from this this small sample size of about 17 kids, I'm about 13 of the 17 stated that, you know, where are some things that you would like to see from this transition youth summit? And a lot of them said, you know, learning about money um, and a big fear for them is, you know, being on their own. So, you know, mm-hmm. why not teach them financial literacy, you know, how to balance a checkbook, how to, you know, yes. what are bonds, what are other things, how can I save? 
I'm terrible. I'm 29. Uh, I'm terrible with money. Um, I just started building credit a few years ago. And so these are things I wish I would have had at least coming out of, you know, I was adopted, so I didn't transition out of foster care. Um, But for, you know, this is still something I think would be extremely beneficial to me um, at that age, around 16, 17, 18 years old. So, you know, when I am on my own, uh, I would have been in a way better situation as far as budgeting and being able to, you know, balance a checkbook and, you know, okay, I can take this money, put this in savings and this can go towards here. And so I think, you know, just having this aspect, especially for youth who are extremely vulnerable, would be yes. uh, really beneficial. I agree with that 100%. You know, it's 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 hard when you're first getting out there on your own. And I couldn't imagine, you know, being – because the foster system, they kind of just like you turn 18, here's a bag, have a nice day. You know, it's like we're going exactly. to place you here. You know, and it's like, wait, but, you know, what am I supposed to do about bills? Oh, well, that'll, that'll all come with time. You'll learn that. You know, and that's – to me, that's that's hard. Like that is, it's, it's hard to me because you, there's so much that you just learn from your parents that your parents try to teach you. And, you know, even, even some of us, like we don't pay attention to it, but I couldn't imagine like never learning any of it and then trying, having to try to figure it all out through just trial and error, continuing trial and error. That to me, it's, you can't, you can't do that. You know, like I'm. Things things definitely need to change, you know, and like especially with 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 our youth, you know, our, our youth. There are they're the next generation that are going to help us grow to like when we're old, they're gonna they're gonna make the rules of the world, you know, from the the people who were in the foster system who decide that they do want to change and they do want to make a difference, like yourself, you know, from the people who are in the foster system that end up locked in juvenile juvenile homes, like your brother, you know, some people just decide that you know they want to make a change, and I love how your program, you know, you you help develop them and mold them into like the people that they need to be, you know, through self efficiency, you know, like just taking care of oneself, you know, that's, that's a very, very important thing, you know, like expanding uh transitional skills through job, you know, readiness and education, you know, you can, you can go through high school all those years and not learn anything about the real world, you know, like, right. And uh, a big part of that is like social skills. Um, you know, a, a lot of people lack social skills or just even life skills, basic cooking and so you know yeah. and, and i feel like a big part of that on top of mentoring is building social capital and so you know building social capital for you know not only through social media but you know connecting these youth who are transitioning out to folks in the community that can help maybe mm-hmm. like a local chef or you know do they have like an internship that you know some of the kids could be a part of or you know is there a, a university in which, you know, they have an admissions office. So can we, you know, when they're 15, 16 years old, connect them to that and just having people in the community. So once they do transition out of foster care, they're not by themselves. They have connections in the community. So they're not also depending on uh, their caseworkers or, you know, social workers or even foster parents. They're more, you know, independent and they're able to make those connections for themselves and kind of depend on those people. Yes. Yes. Do you, um, so I've I've been I've been reading a lot about like, you know, like some of the girls who are in foster care and, you know, how some of them do have children at young ages. You know, um, do you do anything to help some of those girls out yet? Well, um, not now. So a big part of uh, my program, because with me being based in Indiana, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of funny. So I've reached out to DCS in Indianapolis. I have not had any success. But I've made mm. connections in Kentucky and Arkansas and actually working on programming now. And so uh, I haven't personally had the experience to work with anyone like this. But okay. I, I'm glad you actually brought that up. So this was not a population I was looking for. But I think that would be um, extremely beneficial to, you know, even uh, connecting to uh, individuals or organizations that work on the parenting skills. Yes. Um, but I, I will give DCS uh you know, credit, a lot of them do provide a lot of these youth with parenting classes. 
So they're they're better parents, or at least yes. in a better position to care for their kids compared to you know their parents or guardians. Yes, yes, that's okay. That's a that's a beautiful thing. Um, so another thing I wanted to talk to you about would be the um, you know with with giving Joshua a chance. Um, you you've been building and building what are what are some of the other things that you guys you guys do like what are what are some things that you know i know you guys do the lemonade you know oh, i forgot about the lemonade you know the lemonade I've, i wanted to try some actually next time i come down to indiana when you guys get oh, I got in the you. summer <laughs> like, <laughs> like i really want to try some of the lemonade because i saw like the people raving about it online and i was like oh man i bet you it's good when, when are you guys gonna like launch the popsicles Oh yeah. So, um, actually my business partner, so this is, uh, so when we do the lemonade and he actually, they, his name's Jeffrey. Uh, so we actually went to high school together and Jeffrey was also in foster care. And so okay. we, we were talking about doing an organization. So foster the future is kind of, that's, that's our for-profit organization. And mm-hmm. so what we do is, you know, based off our lemonade sales, as well as, you know, big goods. I mean, mm-hmm. he makes a, a banging, banging banana pudding and (laughs) so we take our proceeds from that and donate it towards charitable organizations and so you know with uh giving joshua a chance he's like you know this is a non-profit i think this would be a good organization to kind of fund and so Mm -hmm. you know we're you know we fund everything we're so sufficient and so anything that we're getting is coming from other sources I've, i've had a few friends donate and so foster the future yeah our lemonade first of all you know, once we're expanding to, or at least we want to expand to uh, all the Midwestern states, we actually have something coming up this summer um, mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Like uh, we do uh, events, we do catering. And so it's all like order. You know, if you order, we'll basically make whatever you want. And so uh, we've expanded. He actually did a couple popsicles and they mm-hmm. were a, a really big hit. And so he's in Tennessee. So uh, with me being based out of Indiana and him being in Tennessee, we kind of collaborate that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. That's, that's honestly, uh, you guys need to hit them up for some catering. Cause the reviews <laughs> on the lemonade was like, they were, everyone saying, this is whoa, this is the best lemonade I've ever had. You know, like I was I'm reading, I was laughing. You, bro. It's amazing. <laughs> I was laughing. I was like, man, like I really want some lemonade now. I haven't had a good lemonade in a long time since I was in the South myself, you know, um, yeah, that's so foster the future. Okay. And then um like just back to giving Joshua a chance, you know, uh, what what can you tell us about what you uh what you plan on, you know, stepping forward and doing in the future? Like what are some of your future goals for it? So, future goals for real. Um, you know, again, I would love to connect with uh, the youth here um mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. So, I'm still in the the works of that. But again, this week, um, actually Thursday, meeting with a couple of directors of like community engagement. Um, ooh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I want to create this. It could be short term, but um, an exhibit to provide you know youth and foster care the opportunity um, just to express themselves, whether it's through music, art, mm-hmm. um, whatever the case may be. And this, I think, would be a, a really cool project to do annually. And so yes. another thing. Um, that I'm really big on another proponent is just like workshops. And so providing uh, or having the opportunity to work on financial literacy. And so, you know, maybe bringing someone from one of the banks or working with um, engineers. Cause I mean, in Indiana or Indianapolis, at least we have a lot of universities, a lot of great universities uh, that I think would be great partners to work with. And so catching youth when they're 13, 14, 15 and, you know, working on those very at-risk populations such mm-hmm. as the young teenage moms or, you know, people or kids who have maybe like involvement in criminal justice system and, you know, bringing them into the workshops to teach them skills and not everybody's going to go to college. And That's so true. a big part of what we want to do is just supporting them, whatever they want to do throughout their transition. You know, of course we would love college. Me personally, education has changed my life. It has provided me with so many opportunities that I may not have had otherwise. And so, but a lot of kids want to go to trade school, man, teaching trade. And so our biggest thing is again, to that social capital is connecting them to those resources. 
um, we would love to do service learning projects. You know, a big thing for me, you know, through the trauma, through everything, you know, growing up poor, going out and helping other vulnerable populations. Like I currently work with the homeless population. So why not take these kids and go ahead. No, I just, I just, that's amazing. I, I I love to help the homeless and people always look at me like I'm funny, you know, but I've, I've been homeless myself, you know, and it was, it was a struggle. Like I, when I got out of the military, I honestly, I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, I could have came home, you know, but you don't, you don't want to get out of the military and like have people think that you failed, you know? So I, I literally slept on top of parking garages for months. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so yeah, helping, helping the homeless population. That's, that's a big deal to me because sometimes it's not the fact that, you know, like you can't get a job, you know, I, I applied everywhere and I, I went exactly. from state to state. I was in Florida and it's like I couldn't I couldn't buy a job almost. So people I understand that sometimes like when you see a guy on a corner, you know, it's just hard times. You know, sometimes you're just going through that that change in life that you don't necessarily know what to do or how you're supposed to go about your next step. And, you know, that dollar just feeds you, you know, and. I I really commend you for that because a lot of people just wave them off like oh they're just homeless because they're they're lazy. That's not always the truth, right? You know. And you know another big uh, or you know people this false narrative is that everyone's on drugs. Um, but mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing that you know, a lot of individuals who are experiencing homelessness struggle with is mental health. And yes. so you know there is that that you know duality of you know mental health and drug use. And, you know, it, unfortunately, it impacts a lot of folks. Uh, another yes. big thing that a lot of folks really aren't aware of it, are a lot of folks who are homeless um, have sex offenses. And, you oh, know, wow. not necessarily just child molesters, per se, or, mm-hmm. you know, this, um, you know, this title people want to give them. You know, people have been in situations, and unfortunately has turned out to be this, but, you know, a lot of people won't house people. Uh, people mm-hmm. won't hire people who have felonies. Yes. And so, again, kind of that involvement in criminal justice, you know, homelessness is you know, so much more than what people or society has labeled it. Yes. And again, like you said, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate that a lot of people struggle with this, but it's, it's really a very vulnerable population. Yeah. Yeah. Even I, I was a veteran, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't a sex offender. And like, I have, right. I have friends that have gone through that. I have a friend that's a sex offender and it was because he was urinating on a beach because he was a little bit too yep. intoxicated. And that's, to me, that's crazy. It was the middle of the night, like, right. But that's you know, <laughs> like it's like three o'clock in the morning, and they they snatched him up and cuffed him, and now he has to register for the rest of his life. And that to me, that's you know, that's crazy. I like just being homeless myself, and just meeting some of the people that I met. You know, like someone had to someone had to save me. You know, because I was just spiraling down, and like it was. it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. You know, like my mom always said, you know, like you can always come home, you know, no matter what, like I'm always here for you, but no, no child, you will, you want to make it on your own, you know? And I, I would say that's not only homeless people, but even foster children, they want to learn to make it on their own. And sometimes they get caught in bad situations, bad crowds per se. And they learn the wrong life lessons that things they shouldn't be learning, you know, that's what gets them into drugs and things like that. So I, I really commend you once again on what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I, I think having, you know, service learning projects around this, um, also, you know, building up your community, working with, again, other at-risk populations, I think, um, not only builds character, but, you know, builds a sense of, you know, I know I had a, a rough life, but, you know, there mm-hmm. are actually folks who are you know, in a worse predicament than myself. And so to me, that helped shape my perspective and kind of drove me again to help people. You know, people are like, you know, social workers don't get paid that much, especially in this field. I'm like, I'm okay with that because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that saying, like, if you you go to job, if you go to a job every day with like a smile on your face or whatever, you know, it's worth it. And, you know, not necessarily a paycheck. So to me, this is, you know, an opportunity to grow as an individual. And so to bring you know, youth who are, again, and, you know, they would feel in the worst situations of the life, 
of their lives and shape their perspectives, I think would be really awesome. Another big proponent of something I see us doing um, is expanding to different states, but yes. also taking trips. I would love to take, you know, trips to um, different museums, but also international trips. Uh, you know, yes. when I first had the opportunity to travel internationally, oh my God, I'm like, what? Me too. It's, it's so much bigger than my community. Yes. It's like, wow, there's a, a bigger world out here. Yes, yes. I, I was in a people-to-people program in high school, and uh, I, I traveled uh, after the military as well with work uh, through working with different companies. So just going to different countries, is that's that's a really big eye-opener. You know, actually seeing the Eiffel Tower, you know, face-to-face, you know, that's it, it'll change your life. Exactly. And it's, it's bigger than, you know, you know, to the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower, you know, I saw it in pictures and books, and I'm like, wow. But to actually be there and, again, like, take that selfie, like, oh, look at me now. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it made me, I don't know, it just, it provided me with a, a sense of of happiness and just mm-hmm. uh, some sense of accomplishment. Like, you know, I started here, you know, literally to Drake. I started from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. It's, that's exactly, <laughs> you know, what pushes me. And so I would love to provide youth and foster care opportunities to explore literally the world and just expand their horizons through different programming and just to build the resilience is literally the, the goal of um, giving Joshua a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can understand that a hundred percent, you know, um, traveling, traveling and seeing real history, you know, that, you can you can change someone's life just showing them real history, exactly. like showing them Auschwitz, you know, like seeing the actual battlefields where World War Two took place, you know, going to where D-Day took place in Normandy, France, you know, just you can change someone's life, you know, just just seeing real history. Even if you uh, did like if you guys didn't start abroad and you went like to the battlefields of uh, Gettysburg, you know, like Virginia. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, like we forget that like the U S has a lot of history, especially uh, coming from out it's West. So beautiful. Yeah. We have like the, the native American, like cliff dwellings where they had actual, the actual homes and things that they, they built like thousands of years ago and in the Hills out in Colorado and Montana, you know, so I think that would be a wonderful idea. My mom always said that, you know, you got to know where you're coming from to know where you're going, you know? And that's exactly, that's exactly, you know, what it is to be in foster care. Yeah. You know, that's the, yeah, I tell people all the time, like, they're like, you know, I know some probably, some people probably feel like I talk about this, but I'm like, you know, literally without foster care, I would not be where I am now. So I talk about it, you know, and people like, wow, I never would have known you've been through all this because you're always so happy. But, you know, just to understand what it feels like to be at the bottom and just to be in these situations that are out of your control and to now be in a position where you're in full control of your life and then, you know, potentially changing the lives of others is, I mean, it's really the the best fulfillment or, you know, at least I feel personally uh, you can get out of life. So I'm I'm so happy just to be in this position. Yeah, I commend you for smiling. You know, um, one thing I could say about like a lot of the different places that I've lived is people don't smile enough. You know, sometimes you just have to just <laughs> smile, you know, like, cause life can be so much worse. You know, you just got to remember to smile, yeah. and, you know, I, like helping, helping others is a great way to make yourself feel blessed, you know, like just that you are fortunate enough that you can, you know, provide and help for another, another soul. Like I would say, I would smile every day if I was you, because you have giving Joshua a chance. You are giving your brother a chance that no one else gave him. And not only are you spreading his message, but you are, you are extending his life. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Like every, like me learning about him, me hearing your story, you know, that keeps him in my memory, you know? So that means that I have a connection to him and everyone that you know has, has a little connection to your brother that'll just keep him going till the end of time. That's a beautiful wow, thing. Thank you so much. I yeah. mean, just to even hear that, it's like, I'm just over here smiling like, wow. Yeah, you, know, just, man. I, you know, I didn't think about the impact it, it would have on people. And yeah. again, that I mean, that's my whole purpose. Um, not only telling my story, but just to tell Josh. And you know, I want people to know Josh for 
who he was, um, not for what he did. You know, yes. how, you know, his last couple hours uh, before he transitioned into the hospital, how, how those things were. You know, I want to look at as, as a child and even before that. I mean, he was a great father. And so yeah. I want these qualities to be that, like, when you think of Josh, like, man, this kid was awesome. Or, you know, he's a great artist. And I know even off air, we're talking about Dragon Ball Z. And so <laughs> yeah. I have <laughs> I have this, this old uh, sketchbook of his and, bro, I went through it. I mean, he has like Majin Boom in there. Oh, like, man. What? <laughs> Dude, like, these are things we were, you know, in middle school, and I'm just like, you know, early 2000s. It's like, yeah. wow, you know, he was drawing this and looking out to it. Now, you know, you have Dragon Ball Super, mm-hmm, and you have all mm-hmm. these things that are still really prevalent. I'm like, you know, this is my brother's memory, and I have it in a sketchbook. And, you know, this is something I would love to put in, the, in display for other kids to see. You're yeah. like, wow, you know, I can relate to this. Yeah, because everyone, like, children today can relate to some Dragon Balls. Rather, rather it's Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Everybody Super. <laughs> you know, like, it's just Dragon Ball. I remember racing home on my bike, you know, just, and I honestly, like, in my sketchbook, I have, I like, I try to draw Goku myself. You know, like, I've, I've, that's, I can relate to that, you know, that's, because right. Dragon Ball Z is a just, it's nation's worldwide you know it's that's that's a beautiful thing you should put you should definitely put some of that out you know just to show i would love to see some of his artwork most definitely and that's i mean to your point too is you know it's worldwide and you know i'm actually you know on the low i I put in the application uh for this organization and they actually work with uh foster youth who are in different countries and so i could potentially have the opportunity to travel abroad and also work with those folks but foster care is just beyond the U.S. Um, it's just beyond, you know, one nationality. It's it's worldwide. And yes. so, you know, just to show kids, you know, hey, I'm not perfect. You know, I've gone through life making mistakes. And foster care and, you know, what this is is also a part of your story. I want you guys just to be normal. I want you guys to look at me as, like, just another person um, yes. who happened to you know, take all the opportunities and take advantage of those. Um, but this, again, is just a, a very uh, worldwide topic. It's, yes. it's nothing just, you know, to one group. Yes. every It's in every language. Like, it's it's in every language. Everyone, if you've never seen some Dragon Ball Z, I would, I would recommend watching the end of the Cell Saga and watching Gohan just walking oh, down. That, yeah. was, that was like the best moment on Dragon Ball Literally Z. Literally my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Me, too. Me too. Like, one arm, you know? Like, it's like just... Talk about resiliency. It's resiliency. That Gohan, man. Mm. The battle that he had, because he, he was cocky and he thought he knew everything. And then... You know, it just it hit him like a ton of bricks. You know, Cell was stronger than he was, and then he he doubted himself, and he had to like just listen listen to his his ancestors, his dad in the sky. You know, to tell him like I'm here with you. You know, and it's like he just had to push forward and like just unleash unleash the power that he had inside of himself the entire time. Like, and to me, like with Dragon Ball Z. It taught me that, you know, you have that power inside yourself. It's just about channeling it in the right direction and actually unleashing that power to accomplish any goal that you set forth, you know, set goals. Like that's that's another thing I would say, you know, like I love how I'm sure you guys teach children like to set goals and things like that and to work towards those goals. Right. Oh, very much so. And I mean, again, to your point, Dragon Ball Z has taught me so much more, especially with the Gohan and the Cell Saga. Although Goku was a hater and gave Cell a sensu beam, yeah, I, you know, I, I was kind of mad about that. I, I could, Gohan, yeah. I mean, he just—he, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just to be resilient. And you know, I'm—I've taken Gohan personally because you know, when you look at him as an adult, he's—he's mm-hmm. he's just basic. You know, he had—he was at one point the strongest warrior in the universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now he, he just kind of took a step. Back. And so instilling that of what I learned and kind of my perspective is, you know, why not take these kids who all have strengths, you know, yes. looking from a strengths based perspective, everyone mm-hmm. has strengths. Everyone has something they can offer. We need to instill them instill in them and support them. And so they're not just strong at one part of their life. Yeah. You made yes. it through foster care. 
but what can you do moving forward? Yes. And again, to your point, you know, providing those life skills and those social skills yes. and just, you know, giving them that extra push that they may need. Yeah. Giving them like, like, uh, on the last, on the first, on the first, uh, the first time that we spoke with you, you talked about the teacher that you had that actually, you know, she challenged you, you know, and I, I think that, you know, that's what Gohan, Gohan's mom kind of pushed him to do. Like he, she pushed him towards education. Like, okay, you've, you've beat the right. strongest guy in the world. Now it's time to ch- challenge you to be the best professor that you can. And Gohan just completely flipped the script and he had one of the largest libraries like on their planet, you know, on the planet. Like, that's that's be like Gohan. Be like Gohan, <laughs> you know, like you know, push towards, strive towards your goals, you know, and use the education that's given to you, and work, work for it. You have to work for everything that you that you want in life. You know, that's a that's a that's cool. I, I really like I really like the fact that you like Dragon Ball Z. That's really cool. Most definitely, and I, I mean, too, I think you made a really great point of Mrs. Mrs. Angry. She, you know, she did challenge me. And I mean, she continues to challenge me, which I, I think is really important. We need people um, to challenge us along the way, especially vulnerable children. I feel like a lot of kids and foster care people, you know, they're very sympathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think empathy is okay. Um, sympathy, though, uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, these are kids who don't need, you know, to be to look at their situation as as crutches. Yes. You know, to me, I've never let, you know, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Because you're enabling me and you're not providing me, you know, what I need to become successful. You know, I'm a therapist and I challenge my kids all the time, Um, especially the teenagers. Like, I'm not going to be easy on you. I'm going to challenge you because I know what it it is to be in a situation and I'm going to challenge you to be great. Yes, I'm going to push you harder than you've ever been pushed before. I commend you for that. That is amazing, sir. Like that is, yes, that is how, because children today, like they're coddled enough, you know, through their TV and their tablets. And I know some foster exactly. like foster children, some of them, that's all they do is sit in front of a TV, you know, because their, their foster parents aren't always the best. They don't give them the books that they need, you know, and so like you challenging them that that pushes them to a new level. And I believe everybody in life just needs to be pushed just a little bit further, you know, like when you think that you're complete, when you think that you're done, you know, you're not done. You know, you need that person that will challenge you and just push you right over the edge. So because you have to make that leap. Otherwise, you'll never know if you can land on your feet or not. Right. And again, that's, that's a big part of resiliency is, you know, yes. getting past that hump or, you know, getting through that difficulty because, you know, if you're if you're you know a uh, baby through the entire process, you're not going to know how to deal with uh, a true situation. And mm-hmm. even going back to earlier, I know you talked about um, you know say kids don't know how to pay bills. What yes. if you know say they get a job and yeah, bills are here. You have enough to pay the bills, but your car breaks down or mm-hmm. you know something breaks. How you know do you have enough money to do that when you're really truly challenged and you're put in a situation um not as dire as life and death but in a situation where you have to think and you're really challenged mm-hmm. how are you going to overcome that situation how resilient are you and that's what you know the biggest thing is preparing youth to be prepared for those situations yeah yeah that's that's a big that's a big part you know even you know one thing my grandma taught me is she said if you can't save a quarter of your paycheck save, you know, twenty ten to twenty dollars each paycheck and just put it somewhere. And you'll be right. surprised how much it is after a year. And you know, firm believer in savings, you know, like you have to save just in case, you know, something happens on that day, you can always go back and you have enough. Like that's a beautiful thing, man. That's it's it's beautiful what you do to the kids. I wanna um I wanna talk about one like I wanna do a recap of of um of the last time we talked to you um you spoke on you when you were adopted you were adopted by the by your per, by the person who was supposed to be helping you get through the foster system correct correct 
Like in that, yeah, he was he was my case manager. He was a case and, manager. You know, he was putting the yeah he was putting in place to. I don't even think it was supposed to be our foster like our foster dad, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you know that situation kind of turned out how it did. Yeah, that that to me, man, that that truly, like, just it touched me, man, and it's like. How many other kids go through that? Like, you know, how many other kids go through the just some of the some of the things that you've been able to fight through that Joshua didn't get the opportunity to fight through or even learn from? You know, how many other children, you know, in this world go through what you went through and what you're doing to try to change the situation that they're in to teach them to give them the knowledge in order to move forward man that's that is a beautiful thing like just the you're you're putting I, you're putting their life in a on a on on the right path you know giving them the right tra- trajectory that's mm. i appreciate that and that i mean Again, you know, one thing that, you know, no one can tell me is like, Brandon, you talk a good game. I kind of do, but I also back it up. So, you know, one thing that I've been a a big advocate for is is change. And so what I've done is I went to my, the agency in which I'm adopted through, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the Villages. And I went in actually uh, the other week and I was like, you know, we're going back and forth emailing. So I've been emailing probably since 2015. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I would love to meet with the CEO because she's still in place even from the time we are adopted. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, you're not in Indianapolis. And, you know, kind of put it on the back burner. So I brought it up recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, emailed her, like, hey, I would like to meet with the CEO. And she was like, okay, but she never got back to me. So I actually went into the office and I kind of, they were kind of taken aback. Uh, you know, I walked in and, you know, one of the women at the desk, she was like, um, how can I help you? I was like, I would love to see, you know, I would love to talk to the CEO. And this other woman was like, why, you know, why didn't you see her? And I was like, I was actually adopted through the agency. And so as I was talking, the, the woman in which I was, you know, going back and forth with mm-hmm. uh, on the email was like, oh, what's your name? I was like, you know, Brandon, she was like, oh, we've been talking. And so uh, we actually have now officially have a, a meeting set up with the CEO um, to actually find out what happened. Yes. Um, because you know, based on what I remember is like, this should have never happened. So just getting to the yes. root of that. So it doesn't happen again, or, you know, how can we work on policy within the organization or, you know, on a higher level, honestly, um, to ensure that these things do not happen. Yes. 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 And I, I hope that you, you tell them your story and you, you spread it like, Man, I hope that they understand what happened to Joshua and how it was very dishonest. Right. You know, like, and that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big thing to me is just changing the situation that you were in. You can't change the situation that you were in, but changing the scenario so that it doesn't happen to other children throughout time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's, if anything comes from it, that would be the biggest thing for me. But you you can't take back what happened, but you can prevent from it occurring again. Yes. 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 I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. That is amazing. You know, um, before we finish up, um, is there anything, is there anything that you wanted to, you know, tell us today, anything that you were looking forward to? Did we cover everything? Uh, we did. Um, just, you know, again, I, I appreciate everything, just the opportunity to interview not once but twice uh, with the podcast. I truly love you both, uh, you and Michelle, and just I'm so grateful just to share my story. Um, so just, again, anything you do, you can go to www.givingjoshuaachance.com. Mm-hmm. Um, go check out the website. Uh, feel free to donate if, if anything. So what we're currently working for uh, since we're working with the Transitional Youth Summit in Arkansas, we're uh, going to start raising funds. I want to do two scholarships, um, one for okay. uh, a teen trans- or graduating high school who's going to a four-year institution and then someone who wants to go to a trade school. And so we're going to do two different um, scholarships. And so uh, we really okay. haven't started. Um, so I'm waiting actually Saturday 
um, they're talking to uh, like a bigger foster youth, actually like the statewide foster, um, I guess, conference. And mm-hmm. so they, they're actually in talks of bringing me on as um, the speaker like for, for the conference, which I think would be a really dope experience. And yes. So I'm going to wait until then. Right. I was like, um, you know, having that opportunity, I'm going to wait until like the 23rd and actually have the opportunity to speak to the YAB. And so this is a youth advisory board oh, wow. and, you know, have the opportunity to tell them, like, you know, I was here. I would love to be, you know, the speaker. And if we get that opportunity, it'll be awesome. If not, I still want to move forward with um, the scholarship. So, you know, yes. feel free to donate so we can have funds for uh, for those youth. Yes, donate. Donate to Giving Joshua a Chance so that way he can help provide and, you know, help continue to change and bless the rest of the world. I I commend this young man so much. You know, just hearing his story has not only touched me, but it changed my life forever, you know. And I, I have so much respect for you and for your brother with everything that you guys have went through and how you have strived ahead and you are keeping Joshua's memory alive. You know, that to me is, that's an amazing thing, you know, and not only just, I, I want you to, I want you to at least send me one of his pictures, one of his Dragon Ball Z sketches. Cause that's, that's my thing, you know, and I, I would absolutely I love you, <laughs> to see, I would love to see it, you know, like, cause I even, I sketched myself and, you know, like I said, man, I commend you and I just I just thank you for everything that you've you've told and shared with us. And, you know, like I was my mother told me that we were the first ones who you shared with. And I really want to thank you for that, because a lot of our listeners needed that, you know. A lot of the people who so it, it will be it will be spread and I will continue to tell people about giving Joshua a chance. OK, like no matter no matter what, I will continue to tell and let people know about giving Joshua a chance and that you need to watch these two podcasts <laughs> like because that that is the <laughs> most you. epic story like it is. It's epic. It's it's. It's thrilling. It's it's like it it had me on the edge of my seat. You know, I was I was biting my nails. You know, just listening to it, and it's <laughs> like I, honestly, I, it I should just, be a movie. Yeah, I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have had the opportunity without Love Logical. And you know, I think that's a big part of everything. Even looking back to Mr. Zimbri, you know this this concept of Love Logical. So yes. again, I just thank you so much for the opportunity and just I mean the platform Michelle has. And just you being a part of this, I mean, just both of you have really um, inspired me uh, to share more and just to, you know, just provide me with a platform to do so. Yes. Yes. Well, guys, um, always have always have a love logical heart. You know, uh, my name's Delon Kennedy. Um, I'm with Love Logical DNA Not Required. Thank you, uh, Mr. Brandon Michael Higgins with Giving Joshua a Chance. And I want to say Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We'll be talking to you again next week, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, Mr. Brandon, I will talk to you again soon, sir. Yes, 